Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. Beyond the Field, I'm here with Isa Nathiwa and myself, and we've got a great crew in here. Beautiful looking crew, Sanjiwa, thank you again. We've got Neve from Money Empire, he's a fantastic advisor. Cam, who's brilliant, and Mike, who's good. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Today we've got the crew in here, because why, Isa? Oh, we're going to debunk some myths. As advisors, we always uh, get hit with, um, well, I guess generalizations or myths from clients. I'm going to start off. If you don't mind, uh, Walsh. Be my guest, mate. Be my guest. Um, I I often hear from a lot of people. Um, I'll just keep saving till I get a twenty percent deposit. Um, I've had many clients over the years. It's it's a really good theory, um, but it's really hard to save money. And over the course of the twelve months, they go, "Cool, I'll just keep saving money until I get my twenty percent deposit." And in that twelve months alone, the property market jumps. 10, 20, 30%. And by the time they get there, they don't have another 20% deposit. Then they go, oh, well, I'll just keep saving for the next 12 months until I get another 20% deposit. I know some pretty top sports people in New Zealand that have let 10 years pass by in a really big profession and not buy a property because they were continually buying or waiting for that 20% deposit and their magic number where other people, other smart people made... Uh, conscious decisions to um, understand LVR restrictions, get really good advice from the likes of Cam, Mike and Neve, um, got into the market, understood what that looks like and they're reaping the benefits for it. So my number one myth for today is understand where you're at. You don't always need that 20% deposit, um, but speak to one of these GC advisors. Do you guys want to leave? I think you answered the question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you stole it from me too. That was my one. I'm going to throw it out to the crew. Interest rates are high. I can't buy now. I'm going to wait till they drop. What should you do? Oh, I hear it all the time. I can't afford a mortgage repayment because these interest rates are high. So, I again, do you really know that? You're paying rent at the moment. Your rent probably is pretty close mm. to what you're going to pay on your mortgage repayment. So, unless you really run through the numbers, and that's where you got us here for it to do um uh, that way you you'll know you actually know if you can do it or not so you're debunking myth you're saying and i'll say this too interest rates historically are still lower than what they have been Neve, agreed well the so one year rate's 4.95 and you know we're seeing a four in front of it now which i think is pretty good and it's so true because if you're saying you can't afford that Interest rates have been a lot higher for a lot of people. I had the perfect example a couple of weeks ago. I had a client who said, I, I can't afford the mortgage repayments. And it was like $820 a week, but they were paying $780 for rent a week. Yeah. And yeah, I, you were saying, yeah. you know, it's such a small difference, you know, that's essentially savings in some way. And then she was like, oh, yeah, light bulb moment. How good's that? Yeah. Sanj, your first property. My first property, I think. Worth my, how much? Oh, the. 20 grand, 30 grand? No, it wasn't. It was, I think it was like 250. Oh, sorry. But Wait, I did. It was you're a, a bit younger than I thought. Yeah, then. no, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it was a 5% deposit, yep. and the interest rate was 9.95. Yep. I signed up for five years. Yep. Two years down the track, it went down to 4.99. 
I've come across old newspaper clippings of houses, you know, 80 grand at I think 25% interest and income was a lot smaller, but it's all relevant. So Sanji's got a little hidden secret here and he actually gave me my first home loan. I sure did. Mm-hmm. Uh, National, National Bank, Bank, Bank New Market, Market Branch told me to lock him for bloody five years that was a silly move no, <laughs> no I didn't no he gave me my first mortgage um, and interest rates at the time were I think about 7.9 to 8% um, but my, for instance my parents bought in One Tree Hill on Rafferty Road around the corner from the Wallstroms for $32,000 yeah. and their first interest rate was 21.1% yeah. That's it. Like I, I, so I keep hearing people talking about, oh, during your time, property, you know, property values were low and so on and so forth. But so was my income. I call bullshit. And it's interest, all yeah, and interest rates are quite high. Yeah, fully. Um, so it's all, yeah, I think it's all relevant, isn't it? I'm afraid when you can. How many times do you hear the property market's going to crash? I'm going to wait. Way too often. Way too often. Honestly, so many people, especially at the moment now, prices are starting to flatten off and drop in some cases. They're just trying to... Just, what are you bloody clapping for over there, son? <laughs> Jesus. He's in orchestra. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> um, mate, it's just too often. And, and people say, look, I'll just, I'll just time the market. How are you going to time the market? I'll ask you that. How are you going to time it? What are you judging it off? No one saw COVID going exactly. to run away at death. Exactly. And by the time people say, look, we're at, the, we're at the trough of the market right now. Now's a good time to buy. The hype is already back in the market. Everyone's back in the market trying to buy all at the same bloody time. So yeah. you're back to, you know, post-COVID times where, or the last couple of years, where, you know, every bloody man and his dog is at an option and it's yeah. just yeah. fucked. Yeah. Very, very. Is, 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 that, is that anger? That's that an emotion? That is anger, yes. There's an axe. Be careful. Neve, I'm going to throw one at you. Debunking a myth. Media. How much do they influence the average Kiwi? Ah. Uh, the media is like the worst thing to read if you're planning on getting on the property market because most people just read the headline and then if you actually read the article there's probably more relevant and true information and i hear so many times oh, i saw a headline triple cfa act this bloody blah, blah blah and it's yeah it stuffs people i think I, yeah. I agree with that and how often do you guys in your job have to deregister in someone's brain what the media has spoken about that week or that month around property literally multiple rates. times a week people ask about things in the media and you just want to be like don't read it <laughs> yeah fully Mike I'm going to throw to you debunking a myth do you only make money on property in the main cities no absolutely not um, funnily enough you know property has actually increased in value throughout New Zealand and all the regions yes you can find you know our big cities does do better but um, you know at the end of the day yeah, throughout the regions and on top of that, at the moment, everyone's moving out to the regions. So because of that, you're getting properties really booming uh, out there as well. A perfect example is um, Hawke's Bay and Hamilton. Hamilton, obviously, closer to Auckland and so Super on. Super biased you are. Yeah, but, it's got hey? three properties. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> Hamilton and Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay was, for a long, long period, Hawke's Bay sat... Um, in that sort of regional, it still is regional, obviously, but the property values have gone up massively over the what a period of about four or five years. Mm. And uh, if you sit there thinking it's regional, 
I think you're missing out on some really, really good opportunities. Fully, fully. That comes from experience. <laughs> Where he's got the grapevines making his wine. Debunking a myth. Do Kiwis need a quarter acre to live on? No. So it's that old adage of, hey, I need 600 squares and a white picket fence. Those days are gone. Absolutely gone. Out the window. Fully. Townhouses are so popular now. Mm-hmm. They are. Easy. Upkeep. Yep. Cost effective in a lot of cases. Um, and if they become a rental, they're easy to rent out with a good yield, right? Low maintenance. Fully. Mm. Fully. Good call, Nave. What about apartments? What, what, what are we doing with the apartments? Student accommodation ones in town? Yes. Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> you know the answer to that one. Resale potential too. You look at who's coming in and who's going to be buying it. It's not going to be that person that wants that quarter AK dream. It'll probably be someone who is used to that kind of compact living as well. Compact living? Hey, so you've got some good theories on this. What's what's a debunking a myth from you? He's been put on the spot. You're you talking about the quarter acre property? No, just in general. No. He has some good... Um, oh, okay. uh, well, here's one. Debunking myth. I earn an average, average wage to own a property. I need to earn a lot of money. True or false? False. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think another myth is that people think I have to buy with someone I've got to have a second income but sometimes income your income might be high enough to service on your own or you know you could get in borders there's definitely options yeah so income's not always borders borders a big one too Mm. people don't realize that they potentially can have a border in there and the bank's going to take it as well agree but also to help supplement the um, cash flow of the household for yourself if you own it you don't have to. Here's a debunking myth, and I want you to shout on this one, Cam, because I know you've got a client in this space. I need to own a property in the area of the city that I live. Absolutely, buddy, not. I was actually going to mention that one before. Um, so why? I mean, why would you? Right? That's just the the usual process of what people do in New Zealand. They buy a house to live in it, and then you know, then they'll buy their first investment property. It doesn't always have to fit into that sort of category. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a client, as you mentioned, that. Um, we were trying to figure out what he could do and actually he was living in Auckland where you know to buy a house for him and his kids to live in was going to be 850 plus you know 850k which you know we've gone and bought him a house in in Christchurch as a rental for 600k you know he wasn't using his KiwiSaver so fair enough Um, but that enabled him to continue paying really low rent where he was currently just because of the living situation um, while receiving a good rental income for his property in Christchurch so um, yeah coming back to it you don't have to live in the property you buy and I think to debunk that myth further, um, you, you've really got to open your eyes around where you live and look out of the ordinary or the norm. So it, It's so easy for um, human nature to be brought up in a suburb and you only look in the suburb of, of, of your birth. Like you've actually got to spread your wings a little bit further um, and until you do that, you just won't know what's around. Producer Bailey. Sorry, did you just debunk a myth that was debunked? No, I debunked <laughs> it further. And it's by spreading its wings. I love it. Neve, debunking a myth. We're, we're liking this. <laughs> we're liking this. Um, I emotionally have to be tied to a property to buy it. No, and I think people come so unstuck with that trying to find a reason why to love a property or you love a property so much you have to have it and then you miss out and try and find something equivalent and especially if it's an investment maybe a little bit if you are going to live in it you have to like it but for an investment 
But nothing. sometimes for a young person or a person trying to get their first time and get on a ladder, you don't have to fall in love with the thing. You don't even have to like it too much. Get your foot in there, pay down debt, and have an asset that over time increases in value because you can't save as hard by just renting, right? Agreed. And once you put your own things and furniture in it, it makes it your yeah. own anyway. Yeah. Exactly. You make it your own. You can go down to Madame, uh, Madame Rat and get the little floral. You know, exactly, Issa. Love the neon bouquet. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, you got to be in the game to play the game. Great. Oh, I like that. Monopoly. I like that. That's a big one, Mike. I like that. <laughs> um, I want to ask you then, Mike. A situation. You currently rent. That's right, I do. No, no, I'm not talking (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking a scenario. Debunking (laughs) Debunking a myth. So, hypothetically, you currently rent. Yep. But you're paying cheap rent. Yep. And you've got the substance behind you to go buy a house, which you do. And in your mind, it's in the same city and same suburb or whatever it may be, and you're like, I should move into that. But numbers actually don't stack up where you can stay renting at dirt cheap if it is and get someone else to pay majority of your mortgage. Debunking myth, do you have to move into that property? It's a very good question. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be careful on my answer here because Oh, I'm talking if it's forty percent down. Oh you've got absolutely do- not. Absolutely yeah. not. And even if it's not that, there are ways around it as yeah. well. But so yeah, no, you don't have to live in it. Uh, again, getting in the property does help you build that wealth. It, it, it's all about using the bank's money to make money, yeah. and that's the cool thing about it. I've heard because I've heard advisors talk about this in house where a client is getting subsidised rent and they're paying next to nothing, or and they've bought a house and they think, "Geez, I should move into this because I, essentially I bought and I own it." But you know. If they actually rented that thing out, the mortgage could be covered by the rental repayments and actually getting ahead by paying bugger all where they are. So sometimes it's kind of case by case, right? Just just to balance that though, like not everyone wants to buy a house or no, there are other investment classes as well. You know, property don't have to be the only investment. Fully, yeah, fully. I, I, I like that. Producer Bailey just gave us this topic to talk about. That was all. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I, look, I'm I, I will agree. I'll agree that yes, there's absolutely other investment vehicles and so forth like that. But the thing is, is it, you got to have the money, don't you, to do so? And that's that difference. When you get down the track and you've got a couple of mil in your bank account, and you go, "Yep, I want to go and put it into a whole lot of different funds and so forth." Absolutely, be my guest and diversification, hundred percent. You know, uh, stand by it. But to get to that point. How are you going to do so? Um, what, if you say 20 grand a year, how long is that going to take you yeah, to get to that, that's the problem, right? You could, it could take you a whole year to save 20K in savings after you pay all your bills and tax. Or if you've got it in a property, that property may move up by 100 grand a year and you've actually done nothing. But on the, on the other side, it could go down. So it's like any asset class, it's time. Mm-hmm. And I think why as Kiwis we are, and you jump in here, Neve, because your family have always bought property, um, why we do like property is tangible. You can actually see it. You can feel it. You can smell it. Smell the roses. <laughs> huh? You smell your property. Yeah. <laughs> it smells like brick. <laughs> but yeah, you, you can see it. And that's why people yeah. like it. Except you, you are just on my shoulder here. <laughs> you want to say what, something, what, what, what about young people? A question. Like I think, I think the older generation is all about you know, buying a house and... 
um, you know, of getting a property, property portfolio or that kind of stuff. But with young people, Neil, this is for you. What's, what are you hearing, your friends? Um, well, I think that everyone gets to a point where they want to own their own house. And as you get, you know, into your early to mid-20s, it probably becomes a bit more realistic. So I think it's definitely on the cards for most New Zealanders. It's like the Kiwi dream. But in saying that, I think some people are so unknowledgeable on the, you know, whole property and mortgage side that they just avoid it. Like I've got probably a decent handful of friends who have, you know, briefly spoken to me about owning property and they could do it, but they just don't know where to start. I think that's where, you know, you're a young advisor, Neve, and you've already helped some of your friends around the same age into the property market. They wouldn't be where they are right now if it wasn't for someone like yourself sharing that advice. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is just reaching out to someone you know, a mortgage advisor, especially to who you relate to, to get advice from. And then I think that you end up in a lot better financial position as well. I might touch on that as well, Neve. Um, yeah, you're quite young as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm also quite young, thank you. Um, quite, like, obviously, classic thing with young people is they want to travel, right? They want to go and do the OE, go and live overseas for two years or a year. If people can get themselves in a situation where they can actually purchase you know, a low-maintenance property as a rental before they go, mm-hmm. that just ticks away in the background. You know, bugger off overseas, do your two years fucking swanning about Europe. Who gives a shit? Um, but as long as you've <laughs> got like the that. property ticking up in the background, the value's going up, the lending's slowly <coughs> being repaid um, by the rental income coming in, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll say something else too. You hear it all the time from the younger generation. They're like, oh, I don't want to own property. No. That's when they're young. Things can change, and often when you have a family and find a partner and all that, people want security. Home provides that security. Oh, it's your home. I can't get turfed out or, you know, I'm not renting. It's mine. I can add my stuff to it. I can put in beautiful... Neon bouquets. Neon bouquets. <laughs> From Madam Rat. From Madam Rat. So you can do all these things, and so I think at life stages, things do change. 100%. Um, and, and, but I hear it all the time. I wish I'd done this 10 years earlier. I wish I'd known all about this. And it's so true. You know, just, you just got to find out. Agree. So we've just debunked some myths here, guys. Haven't we, sir? Correct. We have myth debunked. Yeah. Mythbusters. Myth <laughs> I like that. Sounds like a TV show almost. <laughs> it does. It's like Neighbours. Um, what I will say is that obviously if you have questions like this, definitely go see some experts. And we've got some experts in this room. And they've all got quality about them. So reach out to Money Empire and have a look. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.